0: All uh, right. let me just get this okay how does this work what do you put?
1: no you gotta flip it over <sighs> jesus okay all right by no, the way your mic's upside down
0: ah uh, okay how's that
1: yeah john, john j- just all you gotta do is put the headphones on okay and lean into the mic okay to you or the mic The <laughs> mic
0: the mic or mic the mic or okay i got it i'm ready lean closer i've
1: got something to tell you okay i'm here <laughs>
0: okay so i'm a little rusty we're back it feels good to be back yeah hey guys how's it going i mean it hasn't been
2: cool. that long right I mean, it's been like that's five we days we
1: don't
0: talk about that <laughs> we don't talk about how long
1: it's been all right welcome to legend lore brought to you by strange new worlds productions we are back from our slacker summer hiatus that went beyond summer
2: <laughs> we had to go to the moon. It's we, only so. barely fall. Moon we a special mission. We weren't supposed to oh, tell anybody about that. Sorry, um, President Moon Man Biden. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Moon Man. Yes, it's like Spider Man, <laughs> but with moons.
0: Yeah. His power is summoning people to the moon for quests. Oh, <laughs> we're thinking of a different moon, man.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: Absolutely, totally. So, hey, uh, I am Dungeon Master Mike, and to my right...
2: Dungeon Master Rockfist, and to my right... Professional player, Cody. Uh, Dungeon Emperor Popatine.
1: That's right. See, we haven't been gone so long that you, you, you actually remembered you were the emperor. I did. That's good. Uh, DM Osborne could not be here with us tonight, but we are kicking things back off uh, after our hiatus, and we are going to do a little question and answer tonight from the Reddit forum, like we uh, have done a previous episode of, but this is a a little, I'll be honest, this is a little shakedown because we haven't done this for a while, so we're probably a little rusty.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, I think, think too, we just want to challenge ourselves just to like, you know, just talk about, various subjects related to D and you know kind of let the reddit community give us some structure to that and so we found some questions that we thought were awesome and we would yeah. talk about them and uh, after the podcast i'm going to reach out to the guys that ask these and you know tell them hey you know you got a lot of nice answers on the reddit forum but if you want our take on it check us out on our podcast but um
1: yeah, so just fun just fun topics yeah yeah fun topics for sure and and honestly so i think we should do what i think that would be the most um Direct thing to do now that we're coming back from hiatus. And let's start off. Cody, tell me what you did with your summer. (laughs) I got a job.
3: (laughs) Get a gerb. Yeah, I got a job. been working on that a lot walking oh, my dogs
1: okay that was
3: that was read me. my pathfinder books yeah,
1: okay cool because i want I'm, i was gonna ask if you've read any books over the summer so a lot of pathfinder books a lot of pathfinder books okay i yeah. expect a report on that
3: they got new shit coming out like every month right now yeah, it's, it's true it's real good which one are you most That's excited true. about the secrets of magic book that i got a little while ago has been my absolute favorite thing that i've read so
0: far what do you like about it? Oh,
3: there's a lot. There's like 200 new spells. They got the summoner, and the, they did a great job on the summoner class. They got the mage class, which is really good. Um, but I love the the um, the archetype system that Pathfinder Second has created. It's like multi class, but it's not multi classing. And they got some really cool archetypes in there. Like there's an elementalist one, and so all of you, whatever class you already are, druid or wizard or cleric, whatever, you get a brand new spell list. So you're your current spell list no longer exists. You have this spell list. So if you're a wizard, you can't cast shield anymore or magic missile. Only these elemental spells. But then you get uh, future feats that enhance your spells. And so you're going to be throwing the biggest fireballs. The, the the biggest lightning bolts. You know, like has got the biggest
0: fireballs <laughs> of them all?
3: So it's, it's real cool. There's like elemental stances for the monks. So it's not like a monk archetype. It's just like stances that the monk can take. So now you got like fire fist and you got like, like a water crashing waves attack and stuff like that.
1: Mm. That's cool. That's it's, cool, man. It's just real cool, and I like it. A You're lot. eventually
0: going to twist our arm enough to play Pathfinder.
3: I figure if I annoy you guys enough
0: about it, you'll just be like, "Fine, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Let's just do it. Just tell me when and where, and I'll be there." No, I like, no. you know. Eventually, it'll be instead of professional player, it's going to be Pathfinder DM. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> it's right? a Which GM in Pathfinder. part yeah. yeah. pardon me. Pardon me. We, <laughs> yeah, we Dun- no dungeon legal dungeon infringement, <laughs> wizards. Yeah, so we, wizards don't come after us, please. We are small, and we love you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, no, it's Jeremy Crawford. No. <laughs>
1: uh, right, well, that was... Uh, thank you for your report for the class on what you did this summer. Cody, I appreciate that. Yeah, I have an adventure ready for you. Okay, cool. Get, get that report ready for you. And then I want an apple on my desk. Are, the report is the adventure. No. Nope. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> all right. Uh, are we
0: ready to kick... Well, I, are we ready to kick this off? yeah are we just gonna ask cody about his summer i thought we were all going to no, no, that was actually that, that, was, that act, was
1: the only important one yeah i mean uh, that was actually a joke you'd meant but i guess i didn't no you saw me. i thought you were i thought you, you were, know, were like really interested in kinda our like, summers it's kind of like the teacher asked well i know what we i know what we all did all <laughs> summer long yeah, half yeah. of us went to vegas on vacation together yeah,
0: well and we spent an inordinate amount of our free time with each other
1: so it's like <laughs> kind of a
0: redundant question <laughs>
1: Hung out with
0: you guys <laughs> and we drank beer. <laughs> oh man!
1: <laughs> well, well, hey, to go back to what Cody was just talking about with Pathfinder, you were mentioning multi-class, and I believe that we have a question. Yeah, yeah, we do. We Why have. Why did my voice just crack like I was I, going through puberty? I don't know. <laughs> question. Turns out there's there's a, a, there's a, a second question. puberty at fifty.
0: Nice. <laughs> What about second puberty, puberty <laughs> Do you know about second puberty? <laughs> All right, yeah, well, I'm right, uh, from the DM Academy uh, <laughs> community, which is a great community, by the way. Uh, we have Mr. Uh, B.C. Marer who has asked, uh, or he's basically said he's a new DM, uh, He's he has, excuse me, he has a new DM um, who's come into his group, and they've started a campaign, and essentially the DM wants to force multi-classing so like he wants every character in this Uh, Adventure to choose more than one class as they level up. Um, And then, you know, kind of feeling like, hey, you know, should the DM be allowed to do that? Should he be allowed to block players from making the decisions of what works for them, whether it be single class, multi class, whatever? Um, So I feel like there's some elements here to this question of, you know, to what degree should a DM be allowed to force decision making from characters, which is sort of the deeper, more meta question here. But then I'm also interested in what you guys think might be running through the dm's head on why he would want to force a multi-class situation well
1: i I think for sure that they he talked a little bit in this question too that he says that the dm wants to play a campaign to the high level tiers but that does also suggest that they're going to start off a low level tiers right Mm -hmm. and one of the things that that he was bringing up in here is like well that's really kind of hard on magic users if you start kind of uh uh, multi-classing out and not being able to, to have some higher level spells when you would might normally, if you went a multiclass, uh, I don't know what's going through this guy's head.
2: I mean, no. from my vantage point of seeing this, I think that maybe the DM is seeing it as if the characters, if they're gonna do a high level campaign, Once the characters get to level 17 oh now they can cast ninth level spells and ninth level spells are crazy. So, I mean, if he's, maybe he's trying to like cancel that out and saying like, you have to have 10 levels of one class and 10 levels, another, which is going to make it so there's no, there's no ninth level spells. Like the highest you're going to get is level uh, fifth level, which would be easier to manage in a campaign. Well, um, and yeah.
1: that—I that, mean—that may be the case. That I, sounds pretty good. I think here's what I would—I mean—that makes sense, right? Yeah, Logically. that's what I mean.
3: It makes—it makes sense. That—that's that's what the DM is going for.
1: Yeah, I—I I think we will—we will go back to that thing that we always talk about like a lot, and that's communication yeah. between DM and players. Like, what's—what's what's your reasoning behind this? Right. Is it just because you love multiclassing so much? Is that why you want it, or is it because of what we talked about to to, to level up some of the crazy game-breaking spells? and keep them a little more under control. So I think communication would be key with it with your DM here, buddy.
0: One of the things I thought about, I was trying to think of it from the point of view of like, if I was the DM trying to invite players into this, how could I present it in a way that the players didn't feel like they were being forced to do something they didn't want to do, right? And so my sales pitch would have been... And I don't know that this DM is doing this or not. So this is just how I would do it. So I would say, hey, guys, I am really inspired by a lot of the high fantasy that was written from like the 60s to the late 80s. That's all about like, you know, wizards are also like master sword fighters and sword fighters all know a couple spells. And like it's only been really since like I think since like the 80s and 90s that we really got into this idea that like a wizard is just a wizard and he doesn't really do the sword fighting thing. But like, even if you go and like watch the the Lord of the Rings movies, like Gandalf is whipping that sword around just as good as, you know, uh, any of the other sword fighters. Right. So like
3: he does more sword fighting than it does. Yeah, he actually
0: does. That's a really good point, man. So like I would present it like that in the hopes that it would like sell people on being creative about their, their multi-classing choices to create these really cool combos. I think if you're the DM in this scenario, that's maybe how you would want to do what Mike's saying, which is communicate what you're, trying to accomplish. It sounds like this guy maybe didn't, but Cody, I was curious from you because you're like the multi-class dude over here. Like you always be bringing the multi-class game. So well, me and Matt, well, yeah, Matt does too, but you're, oh, wow. yeah, you, you both do. You really do. But I, but you talk about multi-classing a lot. And so what would run through your mind coming into a campaign where you had to multi-class
3: as a player? I'd be fine with it. It was like, yo, sure. I was planning on multi classing anyway. So <laughs> 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 it yeah. doesn't really affect me very much. Me and Mike
0: would be over at the other side of the table going, we don't yeah. want to do this. I don't do this. <laughs> here's this." Uh, here's that. my, paladin
3: and warlock, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh or like here's my uh, my sorcerer paladin warlock barbarian combo. So Pathfinder actually has a, a really good solution for what this guy wants to do, and it's called the free archetype rule, and it is a what, what fuck. bird? It's 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 like it's not a forced rule. It's not like part of the actual rules. It's like a, an extra rule. an that Optional. You, rule. Thank right. you. Okay. It's an optional rule, and at level two, that's when you get a class feat. All the classes get a class feat at level two. And that is where you can choose to either, if you're a fighter, you get the level two fighter feat. And there's like four of them or five of them, whatever. Or you can choose what's called a dedication feat. And that is when you can go, I'm a level two fighter with a rogue dedication. Oh, okay. And, and okay. now you get a small rogue like ability. I think it's like sneak attack or something like that. And maybe an extra skill. Or you can do the, the elementalist uh, spellcaster. And now you are an elementalist wizard instead of a normal wizard. Okay. So, and, and then as you progress further, now you've got this, uh, this rogue dedication. Now mm-hmm. you can take rogue archetype feats as you advance. So you can choose fighter stuff or you can choose rogue so stuff. So you kind of
0: build on it
3: and you build on it. So you are a fighter, but you are a very dexterous fighter. You, you get the sneak attack damage. You'll never be as strong as a rogue on sneak attack damage, but you've also got more stuff that you can do. You've got a wider range of things that you can pull from. And unlike in five E, you're not kind of like forced to grab the level two rogue, ah. the level three rogue or the level four fighter. And then, you know, if you're a fighter and barbarian, level five fighter, level five barbarian is the exact same thing in 5e In Pathfinder, you can do other stuff. So I would do what Pathfinder does and be like, Hey, here's a free multi-class mm. that you can take at whatever level, maybe level one or level two, and you can progress as a fighter, but now you've also got the level one rogue ability. Oh, okay. or the level one paladin ability and you just continue to progress as a fighter. And then as you advance farther, maybe you just get extra things from that other class. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they're just given to you. They're just free. Like, okay. Yeah, and so instead of being forced to do things by the DM, the DM is actually rewarding you.
0: So the DM's like uh, in a van going, "Yo, kids want some feet? <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You know, at the end of the game, you'll have a level 20 fighter with a bunch of cool rogue abilities or a bunch of cool paladin abilities. Yeah. And, and something kind of unique, something kind of different. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be super strong. Right. Because you've got a character with like, you know, five or six levels of whatever paladin abilities. Yeah. As you're also a level twenty
1: fighter, yeah, and it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the talent tree thing that we discussed yeah. that 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 uh, somebody had homebrewed for for five e. It's kind of the same. Oh yeah, what happened to that? Little, you
0: gotta, we were going to really roll with that. At one we way. were going to.
1: I decided I in my next campaign we we're going to roll with that. So I thought that was a great idea. Yeah. So, anyways, but that that's kind of similar. It's, it's very very similar, and it's I like similar. that idea of how to do it. And I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's a very great. It's, it's a very clean way to do it. Yeah. yeah. You know. Uh, so, so one of the things to kind of close this out. So, uh, the, 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 uh, closing question was our statement of question in this, in this Reddit post was my opinion is the DM should not block the player's decisions, but try to work with them. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that a hundred percent. And then they left off with, I'm here asking for advice slash ideas, how to proceed with the situation and, or other opinions on this topic. And for me going, go, go, go ahead, Cody. Well, I think obviously it's important to the DM to have
3: this kind of theme yeah so work with the dm yep. but then also like keep your player agency and i think the pathfinder way of doing it is yeah. the way to go about
1: absolutely. it absolutely
3: you know it's the best of both worlds you're going to get the high fantasy you're going to get crazy stupid strong characters the dm's going to have to homebrew a lot of monsters which is what you end up doing in five E anyway
1: right yeah so i i would say just uh you know have that open conversation Find, get to find out a little why why, why why? is the DM wanting to do this? I mean, yeah. he's got reasons. she has got reasons. Whoever the DM is, they've got reasons for what they want to do. Yeah. So just have that open conversation and, and both sides be maybe a little willing to bend a little bit too. Yeah, There's a compromise in there somewhere.
0: Well, Well, I could imagine too, if, if you go to Mike's point and you say, Hey, you know, why are you wanting to do this? Right? Like, why are you wanting to run a campaign this way? And the DM goes, well, I just like it. I like the different abilities getting mixed together. Then maybe you as a player could go, well, cool. Can I stick with, you know, wizard, but then, you know, choose maybe different fighter things at, at different levels like Cody's talking about and kind of bridge that gap. But to Mike's point earlier, like it's about the communication. And a lot of times in when we see these questions about drama that's kind of happening between DM and player. It, it it always comes back to that communication piece. Like it's almost like you don't even talk to each other until you sit down at the table to play. And it's like, that's when you know, people's feelings can get hurt yeah. and people can get really upset about weird things. It's like just they're, hopefully they're your friend and you just like can talk to them before and be like, Hey man, what are you trying to accomplish here? Cause I don't really like how it seems like it is right now. You know?
1: Yeah. And even if you're not playing with a group of friends, like we are fortunate that we're all friends. Even if you're playing in a group that maybe this is all you do together is just play D and D, that communication is still important. Yeah, like you just have that open that open conversation and and make sure everybody's kind of kind of on the same page.
0: I have what might be an unpopular opinion about this, um, but I really believe it. As so I am going to say it, um, at the end of the day, the DM is he you know we we say around our table all the time the dm's god and we say it in like kind of a funny way but like the dm is the leader of the game and that's one of the key principles of all tabletop role playing most tabletop role playing so if you are choosing to sit down to play a campaign like this knowing full well what the dm is asking for in advance and then you're going to be like kind of like angry about it i kind of put that on you that you chose to sit down at the table and play that game when you knew in advance what he was asking for so that's where the pre-communication is so important to me is like saying hey i want to sit down i want to enjoy this campaign with you i want to understand what you're trying to accomplish i just right now i don't and it doesn't make me excited to play and then y'all can have an honest conversation about maybe this campaign's not going to be a fit for you or maybe he's like oh no i I can bend on that because i want you at the table right so but i i do think it's like a little wrong of a player to like and I'm not saying the uh, I'm not saying that uh, our guy here is, is suggesting this at all. In fact, I think he's trying to work with the DM. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. But I, I feel like there are a lot of players that would like not like something the DM's doing and then just never say anything about it, but then kind of secretly be mad about it. It's right. like don't do that.
1: Right. <laughs> all right, uh, want to run us through? Another yeah. Question? So uh,
0: the next one is from uh, somebody looking for advice. Uh, on uh, it says, I was volunteered. Uh, to run an amnesia campaign and I'm in over my head. And what they're saying is um, they've, uh, they've been a a DM for six campaigns, Um, fairly experienced. I would say after six campaigns, you're probably fairly experienced. Um, And then the way they're doing this, I thought this was interesting. All the players, the way it starts is all they know is their race their proficiency bonus and their equipment they don't know any of their abilities they don't know any of their spells they don't even know if they have spells and so through the game the DM has to the DM knows who they are right it's like you're a wizard you get knocked out you wake up you don't know that you're a wizard you just know you got a robe and a staff and a spell book Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and so it's through their actions and through things that happen in the campaign that the DM has to reveal to them like what you are right so my question for you guys um, because the question that he asked was like, do you have any tips or advice on keeping things organized, running smoothly? And I think that's a good thing to tackle, but I'm also curious what you guys think about that idea for a campaign. Like I thought that was kind of interesting.
1: I didn't run a campaign like this. Oh, you did? Yes. Uh, I ran a campaign. It was actually in the D6 system. It was a totally different thing uh, where they basically woke up in an alien ship with no memory who they were and what their abilities were. The only thing I did is I gave them what their what their their ability scores were they knew that so they they, you could kind of tell you know i mean you get up the guy's you know gets up and he goes oh fuck i'm pretty buff you know you know (laughs) i'm jacked bro i'm jacked bro kind of give must be a wizard (laughs) yeah yeah kind of gave him those kind of those kind of ideas uh and then kept all their abilities and skills and yeah behind the sheet as he talked about you know just being hyper organized so the worries uh, that that this question uh for this redditor has is that because my, be- my maps are built, characters assigned, my monster manual is bookmarked, I have notes, and I am, on all accounts, prepared for this game, but I still feel overwhelmed. Between having to run all these sheets, manage enemies and NPCs, and generally running the game, I felt like there's a lot on my plate. And yes, that is a lot on your plate. If you're going to do the Samnesia campaign. Sorry, I'm a sneeze Mail. She's killing me today. <laughs> uh, that is a lot on your, on your plate. The best way to do it is to have moments in the stories the story where people can start to discover things about themselves mm-hmm. and we're not, we're not, and it could be physical. It could be skills. It could just be personality. And that's what I did is I had moments in each for each character where they might start to just dis- trip stuff in their memory, basically. Yeah. But, and you'll find out as they try things, they're going to go like, Oh, I tried to do this. And you have them roll. Well, boom. They roll. And you, 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 tell them, yep, that was success. And, and, and depending on how they rolled, maybe they rolled low, but they were still very successful. They might like, Oh, Hey, you know, I'm, I might be stealthy. Maybe I, have stealth and you're like you figured out you are stealthy write that down and now you know you have that skill so that might might be one way to do things yeah it'll happen a lot quicker than you think it will right where people because they want to know so they're asking questions they're asking each other they're doing things they're looking for clues so that it won't take long before they start to kind of get a sense of who they are and as they do, you're no longer really in charge of the sheets. Yeah, so that, that's one way to do it is just to, to try to build in moments in the story where they'll have an opportunity to find out more about themselves. Now that takes planning, right? And it takes planning and hope, you know, that they make it to that part of the story. Yep. So yeah, no. but it sounds like this person's already super organized. It's
0: probably the yeah. classic case. This person's probably a great DM yeah. that actually has a great system, but then they're just so hard on themselves yeah. that they're, uh, they're like worried about it, but um I I like that idea a lot man. I think that's actually the perfect way to do it. I think if I was thinking like my idea wasn't as good. My idea was like you take like you decide there's like three things that'll lead up to you fully remembering your things, like maybe all your spells or all your skills or all your um, class abilities. Right. And then you put them in an envelope and then when they have a memory moment, hand them the envelope and then they can open it and see what it is they remember about their character and add that to their sheet. Yeah.
1: There's nothing wrong with that. But, either,
0: but I, I it, but the problem with that was maybe you wouldn't run into moments that would make thematic sense for right. that too. So, uh, but no doubt it's a lot to keep up with. I mean, oh, that's, y- yeah,
1: y- yeah, that, that is, but it, and honestly, most, good dms are keeping up with a lot all the time anyways this is a little added extra that you have to think about yeah but i think if you plan this specific thing out well then it will be a breeze as long as you've got it pre planned about how things are going to get revealed yeah you know especially when they're, they're going to use their skills so they're going to start picking up stuff and when by the time somebody has like done enough things that they they know like man i'm pretty you know i'm pretty i'm pretty tall and i'm pretty fast and oh no i've been stealthy and now I tried to, you know, I tried to do this and I couldn't do it. I tried to, I tried to, you know, use my athletics and it just, and I, I bombed, even though I rolled well, I bombed. <laughs> right. And then they're like, oh, but I did this over here. Oh, Hey, yeah, maybe I'm a thief, you know? And then, then what, you, and then you work in the actual story elements too. About what, the what if the
0: first time that. you use a skill you have proficiency with, you have an automatic
1: success?
3: I was thinking something, something really along those lines.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Another it,
3: thing I was thinking of, like you, you go to for an attack roll and then you hit and divine spite just automatically.
0: Ooh, oh, yeah.
3: ooh yeah! Or like one of your allies goes down, and you try to go over there and like stop the bleeding or something like that, and then cure wounds just pops out of your hands. Oh cool! Or lay on hands, well, whatever. almost
0: like the adrenaline of the moment
1: unlocks the ability yeah. or something. My. Opinion on this?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I liked, like the idea. that
1: gives us that smile right before he I, he says something.
2: I really like the idea. I just think that this is going to be a little bit of a nightmare. I mean, if he's run six campaigns, he's got these characters that he's and these people he's probably played with. Yeah. I don't know if he's running with new players. Yeah, we don't know if he has six people, yeah. three well, he people, said four oh, and four. Okay. That's what he said right now. For right now, I'm guessing. Okay. Um, I wouldn't want to do more than that. Yeah. And yeah. I, my, my worry is if he's played with them before, I don't really have this worry too much. But as a character who, if like you guys did this, my first reaction to it would be like, all right, i try and cast a spell. All right, i try and do this. (laughs) All right, i try and do... Like, they're going to try and figure it out right away. Like, what can I do? Because you have that knowledge in your mind, and you can't... I mean, it's kind of going above the table and just starting to do stuff that you know, you know, but your character doesn't. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's
1: that's, that's where you also have to have players that are willing to kind of role-play with this stuff a little bit, too. And also, like I said, baking in points in the story where they'll have an opportunity to try things. This game might need to be a little railroaded, at least in the beginning,
3: Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. so that... The players don't feel like there's time to just kind of dork around uh, and
1: yeah. and do like I like guess spell yeah. or I try to jump really high or I try to, you know. I actually agree with that. And I'm really trying to think back because this was years and years ago. And I think it really is a good possibility. I might have been fairly on the tracks, on the rails for the very beginning. Because I do remember once they found out all their stuff, then they really had to solve the mysteries. Like, what the hell are we doing in this alien ship? Mm-hmm. Why, why why don't we have our memories? Or why what did we have? You know, why are we gaining our memories back slowly? It kind
0: of <laughs> make me want to play this adventure. Well, the funny thing
2: it sounds <laughs> cool. <laughs> if you all oh,
1: don't, I, it was a total mind trip, dude.
2: Y'all don't remember in Star Wars? That's how you guys started. You all didn't know who you were. We oh, that's didn't know true. Where you were? Wh- why oh, you were with everybody? That is no, true. I thought,
1: didn't we know who we were? A little bit. You knew who you were. Yeah, but yeah. like it wasn't. Yeah, what like yeah, I knew, but me, you didn't know exactly I, why you were there. Well, That's the yeah. classic
2: trope. You
0: know, you wake yeah. up and we just didn't know why we were there, what we were doing, and came back to us. Yeah, because you. Hit us with a nerve gas Like a jerk
2: (laughs) (laughs) Why are you so mean to us man I don't know You know I gotta yeah. got keep Johnny you on your toes. By the that way, was-
0: uh, uh, just so everyone knows, and it's on record, um, basically, last Star Wars adventure, Matt made us fight the uh, the shade of uh, Darth Sidious and was, yeah. like, flinging lightning in our faces. And, it, uh, it, you know, we were not happy. We were like, what the hell? And then we look up at him. He's got this, like, just grand ear to ear just, on his face. Just, oh,
1: my God. Just smiling, like. like he cast it, lightning bolt yeah. again. And oh then Matt. No. Evilly cackled like the emperor. He That's right. Did. He sounded just like him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't cast four storms, so you're okay. You know, he yeah. I mean, couldn't do that.
0: Yeah, we were okay. We won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so people went down too. Uh, so,
1: so, so I guess in closing, it just you know, uh, as far as that question goes, it's just uh, to just kind of storyboarded a little bit, and yeah. as as Cody said, maybe it needs to be a little more on the tracks yeah. to I, to get people to where they need to be, and just kind of feed them like you know. They come into a a point in
3: the road when a skill check would need to be involved, right? And you can just look at the player and be like, "Hey, you you feel pretty confident?" You yeah, can maybe do that. make
0: a grid of all the skills, and then like when someone declares they're going to use a skill, you go to that skill on the grid, and then you go, "Okay, well, is Billy Bob if he tries to do this like stealth, like Mike said, like then I would reveal to him he's good at stealth, and then he would get an auto success, and yeah. then." know that he's partially a rogue or something right right so. no
1: I think I think that's good I, there's so many ways to do it and as long as like I said that you sound very organized this person sounds very yeah, organized exactly. already and as long as that's you know already in the forefront you kind of you, you can come up with a system to make this work and, there's and, a I think funny, it, and you could just have a lot of fun with you, it
0: too. you could I actually I think it's actually a really cool idea I I think it's funny though with DM, like we're all guilty of this as DMs right we're yeah. like we, all these beautiful ideas roll through our mind and we always forget that every great unique idea is actually more work yeah. <laughs> and so when it's time to actually do yeah. the prep for the session, it's like, why have I done this to myself?
2: <laughs> like, <Right. laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: I've been thinking that this whole past this summer, when oh, yeah? making the
2: Eberron campaign. I'm just like, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. But I want to, yeah. I want to play it. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> um, all right. Well, our next question uh, comes from a person called bladed nasty. And, uh, <laughs> it was a very simple, very simple question, but actually I thought it was really probably open up some good conversation here. Um, Simple as this said, I railroad a lot and I need help breaking that. And just for everybody's recollection, railroading's where you kind of, instead of doing what we call a sandbox adventure, where you just kind of say, oh, there's this village, you can go wherever you want. Where do you want to go? And it's just kind of open at that point. A railroad would be more like you wake up in a dungeon um, and the, the doors open uh, and you know, you you can only go down the hall. You can only keep moving through the dungeon, right? So that's the railroad because you only have like one linear path. And so a railroad adventure would be one where the DM's basically just telling you, hey, you, this is the challenge you're up against this is the enemy you're up against you sort of move them through it a lot of dms tend to railroad the whole thing and then you know i think we would all agree good dms have a mix right yep. so what is all's opinion on that like railroading your your players and and wanting to break free of that how would this how would bladed nasty break free of the propensity to railroad their adventures start offering choices so instead of like
2: with, with star wars i feel like i wrote I a lot um i don't know if it feels like that for my players if i know. feel like i wrote out but i do like i feel like i do it like in my mind i feel like i do um and it's just maybe it's just because that's how the story is progressing i can kind of see where it's going um but what i did for a little while was you guys would go to a mission you're like where are we going to go next and it would kind of choose you know either melanie's going to go to this planet you know zane's going to go to this planet or you know Zed's going to go to this planet Uh, and that was like the three choices, you know, you got three choices, you pick them and I'd have to, basically with those, I'd have to prepare each individual choice, which is a lot of work, uh, especially because, you know, maybe your players won't eventually go to that you know planet. Maybe they'll choose not to, or they won't go down that path. Um, but I think giving three or two distinct choices might help you branch out more. Instead of just being like, you know, have your players just immediately go, oh, or you just go, you can go wherever you want. Because that's going to become a big nightmare. Right. Uh, because they, if they do anything they want, you know, they might, you know, go into the bar and then kill everybody. And then now you've got to, you know, make a campaign out of that. One
3: thing that we do sometimes, well, not me, but you guys. One thing you guys do sometimes is towards the end of the session, sometimes you just kind of flat out ask, what do you plan on doing you know, oh, tomorrow true. morning or whatever yeah. like that, yeah. and sometimes it's a you, you guys can be a little bit more nuanced and trying to find out what the players are planning on doing next Might session. Mike gets
0: us drunk and makes us talk about <laughs> <Yeah>. it.
3: <laughs> so that's one thing that you can do. So at the end of every session, you just kind of get an idea for where the players want to go, right? And then you you prep that for your next game. They made the choice to go to the right. place, and then it's not necessarily a railroad. It's just like here's what happens here's the problem you came across when you went into this area right and the solutions are in locations a b and c right it's not really like railroading it's just like that's where that's where the problem is that's where the solutions are at
0: I, i think a lot of new dms especially feel that that guilt though they feel like oh i'm forcing my players to do the thing and what you're like forgetting is the basic elements of storytelling which is like you are telling a story and stories have set you know they have settings they have characters they have you know conflict and so it's like it's totally okay for it not to just be this open anarchic like (laughs) you know like sandboxy just you know go wherever you want i'm I'm not prepared for it but just go there let's see what happens like i think that um you like you mentioned star wars matt like i think part of your uh conflict with that is probably the fact that you know so much about Star Wars and you know all these different planets you know all these different ways things could go and so you're always going to feel like oh man I'm kind of narrowing them down to just these three planets of stuff and it's like (laughs) it's like no three planets of stuff is enough like you know but but to Cody's point like we do that in our groups like we will say like hey what are you guys thinking you'll do next session because then the players say well we're definitely going to go save the princess right so now as a DM I know I'm going to get the map for that castle i'm going to work out all the different enemies you may face all the different challenges and then if you show up at the session and say actually we decided in between sessions we're going to go fight the mountain giants i'm going to not be your friend anymore
1: true. <laughs> well i, I think you touched on it right at the beginning that it's it's about a balance right it is literally about a balance there there are times for rolling with this the, the story that the characters are telling together and there's times to do that and there's times where it needs to be a little more streamlined especially just depending on the size of the group i mean i think you guys already noticed you know playing hell squad and kind of like uh smaller groups after mm-hmm. after podcasts and stuff is that i tend to be a little more free flow yeah now when we get a larger group like especially right now where we got tales davaria and dark kingdom together it is a little more on the rails yeah. But it has to be, but it's also about how you tell that story, right? So if it's got to be a little more on the rails, you need to be, able, you, you got to be telling the story um, and you have to figure out how that's going to be, you know, and whether it's just massive descriptions or whether it's just painting the picture so well that the player characters know, the players know, man, this is, this is what we have to do. Cause the picture has been painted well, right? Or there is also the other thing. Sometimes I'm, i won't say guilty because i don't think it's wrong it's just a, it's a storytelling tool for me there are times where i give you the illusion of choice sure yeah. and you, you'll never know it i mean i might say you know okay you got this and this and this and this and over here and i know no matter what path is i'll have a little something planned for each path right. but i know it's going to end up at <laughs> over here anyways right. yeah. no matter what happens yeah because it has to because that's that's a plot point that moves the story forward.
0: It, it, it's it's absolutely a tool to use as a DM and as a storyteller yeah. to actually move it, move it forward. And I think something you just said made me think of this. Like, I think as campaigns go longer, like the story naturally gets more railroaded. Like you're yeah. getting close to stopping the big bad. Yeah. You don't suddenly go, we take a break from the main adventure and go fight some goblins like you don't do that you're like no we're going to fight in the dark lord we're going to deal with that guy you know um but i i'm running in lich war right now the 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 players are going through a giant dungeon crawl it's taken us like four sessions to get through this thing. And it's a massive dungeon. It's actually straight out of Undermountain. Um, uh, it's the Von Rock Doom. It's like a homebrewed version of it, but it's like that layer, right? And what's interesting, I'm realizing about a Big Giant Dungeon Crawl, is it is the perfect place where Railroad and Sandbox meet. Mm-hmm. Because you may decide to go left. And I didn't know you were going to go left. But what's in that left hallway or that left room is kind of predetermined too. You're right. And so what's interesting about like Von Rock Doom and, and what's happening in Lich War right now is like you guys actually went a completely different path through that dungeon than I thought you would. And so you've discovered everything backwards <laughs> <laughs> that you would have discovered. And it's changed how the adventure is going to end. The entire adventure in that level is going to be completely different than I envisioned when I first made it because of your choices within the dungeon, and yet every room was predetermined and pre-decided before you ever stepped foot in it. So I think there is this weird place where railroad and, and sandbox can meet.
1: Can, can actually meet, yeah. And so I, I I think you were telling me earlier, too, that, it, that this 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 dungeon's going to end with uh, unicorns and rainbows.
0: Oh, yeah, it's nothing but happy things ahead. Oh, of course, course.
1: yeah. yeah I'm, was, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I
0: honestly think
2: that the world of video games has spoiled a lot of people or made people think that everything needs to be an open world game. Even tabletop sessions need to be like, you need to have the main story, but I need to be able to be ready for them to go do a side quest or just hunt side quests around the world. Um, so I think it, a little bit is in spoiler, but doesn't, you know, it's collective storytelling. So it's right. not, it's not, it can be open world, yeah. which is what I'm trying to do in Eberron. We'll figure that we'll see how that goes, but, uh, it can be open world, but eventually it's just going to all come into this story point that you're trying to tell together.
3: Yeah. Right. Real quick, moving back to, uh, game mechanics perspective with what John was saying about, like, we're going to go save the princess next session. And then also combining your idea of like the dungeon. So like you've got the castle and the princess is in the castle. So the heroes need to go into the castle to go get the princess. Right. You can be very free flow about how the players go about it. And you don't need to really hard plan every single window that they might jump through or whatever, but like you don't have to just have the front door open. That's the only way for the players to get in there. Yeah. You know, there are windows they could scale uh, the wall. If there's a moat and there's like a fucking sewer line or something like that, they can, they can, the players can be very creative with it. And then you can just pick a room that the players pop in at and maybe they end up skipping like a third of the castle that they could have gone through. But that maybe they come back into that area as they're trying to run away or something like that. I yeah. don't know. But you, if you're worried about railroading people, then you can have your map or you can have your setting and then just let the players run with it. Yeah. And you can be very free flow and just make things up on the fly. Like, yeah, sure. There's a window over there or there's a guard around the corner. Yeah, sure. Go ahead and knock them out. Take a clothing.
1: Yeah. And sometimes it's, it takes a little bit of experience to, uh, there, there are different kind of DMs and storytellers where some people are really good on the fly. Like I they can I'm, improv it. I can, I can improv pretty well when you're it comes really good at it. When it comes to situations, I've learned to be a better DM by being more prepared. Yeah but still adapting that ability to improv when it when it has to happen. DM Osborne's great improver. I think
0: he thrives on it. He
1: thrives on it. And that's how I used to be. It's funny because that's how I used to be. Yeah. And then I and then as 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 they kind of went forward. So I think the best thing is to, to kind of answer, you know, how can I help breaking that? Hopefully we've given you some ideas of how to help breaking that, but also just embrace it a little bit when it needs to be embraced. It's there's nothing wrong with it. As long as you aren't absolutely saying Oh, I, if you give like the characters have a choice because I have been, I have been in this group before. I've mm-hmm. had this DM before where, oh, there's a hallway goes left and right. Oh, I'm going right. Well, no, you have to go left. What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. If you're that guy, yeah. stop. Stop, please. Oh. Stop doing that. You
1: know, that. oh, I, oh, you can't, you oh, oh, I well, I kill this dude over here for whatever reason. Oh, no, you can't kill. Oh, <laughs> He's what? too important to the story. You too can't important kill the story him. You get him. I'm like, well, oh, what the? Yeah. Dude, why? Here's another one. Um, a lot
3: of DMs feel like their puzzles are too difficult for their players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what you can do about that is not have a solution to your puzzle or your riddle or whatever like that. And, go with and what then they come up with the, yeah, let the players kind of like fumble around for two or three minutes, and then as soon as you find an idea that they say it's like, "Well, that sounds pretty good." Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's, that's the solution. A, that's a pro tip. And, and sometimes
1: yeah. when you're trying to solve a puzzle, and they come up with a very creative solution it later on leads to a magic item that's kind of a gag which is <laughs> our next question but i just got a text mm-hmm. boblin says Chud is very upset that we've taken a long time to get to him oh no so let's give Chud a little love here for a second okay
4: hi friends this is your favorite half orc barbarian Chud. Chud likes stories and nobody does stories like the gang at strange new worlds they're almost as good as my bard buddy sick daddy his name is Sig Dad, Sig Dad. Shut up, Anyways, you can go to their website. What's <laughs> it's a website. <laughs> okay, so they'll know what it is. Right, cool. And download free adventure shops and other goodies. You can even give them some money too. They got a free pet shop. You know, Chud loves pets. You can even get my favorite adventure of all time, the quest for booze. That's the one where I met my best friends, Sario and Dayday. Hey, 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 his name is Diego. Shut up, He's my best friend. Hey, is that my echo fish in your pocket? Uh oh, that's my cue to go. Oh, come here, you stinker. Everyone else, go to snwproductions.com today. For Faboo! Always for
1: booze! We praise thee. Yep. Oh, Hail well, Father.
0: Giver of the grape and the grain. Giver of the grape
4: and the grain. Shots! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was for charles <laughs> yeah
4: <laughs>
1: you know
0: if it boost was going to have a priest on this earth it would be charles
1: yeah true yeah. true. so let's let's talk about that so uh we kind of segued into the next question which happened yeah, in, so, the, in the qfb campaign
0: well yeah I, th- I think mike's definitely the resident expert on this one so it, it was the question was asked a gag item in the adventure became important and now i got to put some limits on it so basically um you know, uh, without going into the details of the question, cause I think it's more, it's better to look at this more broad, yeah, right? This like a question. what happens when some wacky magic item or silly thing or even maybe even a silly character who knows your characters just really take to it and suddenly it's important to them that that continue to be a part of the adventure how do you as a dm react to that and, I, and of course I, i'm going to turn this one over to you first mike because you're that you are the expert on this one
1: well oh, i think like yeah we're looking at this kind of broad strokes but i we do need to address one thing is that this gag item of of this this dms <laughs> became uh, very powerful and player characters are very clever players are clever Mm-hmm. Players find a way oh, yeah. to work systems. You know, sometimes you think that uh, that you're going to give them a hard choice. They end up going to fight the Arch Lich, or maybe they're going to stab them and somebody might die. And then they use telekinesis to take to kill it and you miss that whole thing. <laughs> Cody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a smart guy. But anyway, so one of the things is they talked about with his particularly unique, unique funny gag item was that it became kind of powerful. And they're kind of you abusing the, 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 the item is how he feels. That is kind of the difficult question to answer. I think as far as like taking a gag item and what the oh. Bob,
0: Bob wants to join our podcast. Yes, Bob, Bob, Bob hey the cat.
1: Hey, What's Bob. Up? Hello, buddy. It's not Bob. Uh, oh, it's not Bob. No. No. Anyways, um, oh, sorry. Oh, we'll edit that because I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> or I'll leave that into. Uh, yeah. So if you have that item, that's um, that is definitely a gag item, and it's important to your group, you can embrace it in a lot of different ways. If that item is overpowered, then yeah, you have to kind of figure out well, how am I going to do this? And, and it could be the simplest of solutions. Look, they've got this overpowered gag item. Who's to say that it doesn't come with a curse yeah. that just took a while to manifest? Yeah. Who's to say that there's somebody else who doesn't want that item, a powerful thieves guild yeah. and while the party's sleeping at night? That it item disappears. It. There's all kinds of story ways. Ooh, what if the we item re- breaks and so now its power has been divided? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what if, yeah, what if happens? What if, what if you just decide, you know, and you, it, look, you're the DM and you got absolute control of this stuff. So if, and, and if your party is going to push back against that, then uh, I got
0: an M, M, Night shyamalan yeah. twist on this one. Because yeah, in this case, so it's like the cleric has a pamphlet about their deity that when you give it to someone, they can't get rid of it. And so, like, they were like, well, it's multiple tw-
1: pamphlets. So, multiple, they're, so yeah. they're using they're they're like stacking pamphlets up onto characters and and, and and crushing them. So so here
0: here's my M Night Shyamalan twist on that one. So what if this whole time you thought you were being funny and creative and giving the DM all kinds of like headaches with it, but it turns out the curse is you're addicted to to doing stupid things with this pamphlet. And all you can think about now is that to the point where you can't even get a long rest because you can't sleep because all you can think about is all the crazy shenanigans you're going to do with the pamphlet. Like and that. then you go, I okay, gotta, I gotta get rid of I gotta get decursed because all I can think about is giving this pamphlet out and doing crazy things to the guards. And like, so I, you know, twist it. That yeah, sounds like yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. I think that's it's easy. Better I than think, my idea. I, I think well, what was your idea? idea? My idea
2: was just like, just have their de- have their deity be like, what are you doing with not my pamphlets? Cool, like that's
0: like. Boost would do that. Boost yeah. would be like, hey man, don't force me on people, bro. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, if it, <laughs> that's true.
2: If it was like the god of trickery, they'd be like, ah, oh, that's great, keep doing it, that's good. Uh, but if it's just like um, like a lawful good, or de- they would just be like, hey man, I gave you that to use so you could spread my word, right. not so you could kill people with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, yeah, I think that's I think those are all good ways to put limits on that. Honestly, uh, just you know, do something creative. You're the DM. You're yeah. in control. You know, uh, just, just come up with a funny and, and if you can make it funny too, to go yeah, on the fact oh that, yeah. that that gag item is funny. I mean, that's, that's it. the stuff. Yeah.
0: All right. Okay. This one's really cool. Um, give me your, it says, give me your fantasy cliches. And then it was really like just hundreds of people throwing fantasy <laughs> cliches, but I want to twist the question a little bit. Why don't you guys give me your favorite fantasy clichés to bring into campaigns? Like what's your favorite kind of characters or oh. plots or just anything that's a fantasy cliché that you just you, you find yourself just liking and leaning into?
3: I think almost the entire show of He-Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just
2: like like
3: evil. <laughs> evil. Yeah
2: can't i mean the only thing i can think of like my favorite thing that i've ever done would be uh alphinius being the merlin wizard yeah i would say it's like an old cliche that people don't do anymore now the wizards are more like oh i'm a wizard and like really grand but i did the more goofy wizard cliche the doddering
0: scholarly wizard kind of guy that's probably my favorite is the yeah Yeah.
1: Yeah. i like chain mill bikinis yeah i i i
0: accuse you of loving the um the universe ending artifact
1: cliche like you <laughs> like i do i was actually that, that actually after my joke that was actually see we're always on the same fucking page i know because that's what i was gonna say look man my cliche and it's my favorite one is that yeah it is usually the world ending we universe ending artifact kind of thing and and i know and sometimes it's Cause it's just so it's such a powerful Perfect. narrative. It just it drives it makes everything so much more important.
3: Yeah, it's it's the most important thing. Yeah, is the, the all other problems are
1: very minuscule compared to the universe ending. And it can and it can oftentimes if you have parties that are so diverse and their backgrounds and then their classes and stuff, it bring them together. You know, I mean, right. you, we had very little um, party disunity in the quest for booze. Right. You know, and, and a lot of that had to do is because it was, because these items you were after were so important because it right. was gonna end the multiverse. Yeah, You know, so that, that is my, that's my favorite cliche. I hate
0: to well, say it. It, it's beautiful and it's always fun to chase down your universe ending artifacts <laughs> uh, and wield them sometimes. Even, uh, I love the dark Lord motif. I love yeah. the idea, you know, uh, at first it was Strahd and then later we had uh, M yeah. and, uh, and, in the second campaign who was an, an undead abelith thing i don't know uh, so i made him and i don't know what he was uh and then uh and then now we've got lich war where we got sastam the lich and uh vecna the lich and like it just i love dark lord so much i'm like let's make a campaign where there's multiple dark lords this will be great <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right all right here's i just realized this, how guilty we are of this stuff so i'm challenging you and okay. me that whatever we do next okay D wise we will not either one of us use those cliches
0: Ooh, i accept your challenge you know uh, health the, the health squad uh campaign we've been running which is a modern campaign set in portland and we're like supernatural like uh we, we fight the supernatural yeah. you know um but we're kind of not doing it's, that There's, yeah, no. it's very great it's very much a modern campaign i mean yeah. You know, my guy's gone down because of machine gun fire a couple of times. You know, it's like it's a, you don't need a world ending artifact when you're just shooting me with machine gun, Mike. Right. So.
1: Yeah, well, that's definitely been a little more because when we came into that, we talked about the fact that I really wanted us to build the lore of this thing together. Like right. I gave some very basic lore, and of course, I'm borrowing heavily from supernatural in some places. The the series, yeah, and which borrowed
0: from a lot of other which uh, borrowed from a lot
1: of other places, which, but, other places, uh, which is one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite series of all time. Uh, but anyways, uh we're kinda of building that lore together. So right. they're really very character driven stories so far. Yeah, they really are. So
0: Yeah, I'm loving it. Um okay, um did, did you give your cliche, Cody?
1: It wasn't like a D
0: and D
3: cliche, it was just like I like the, He-Man, oh, I the like, He Man oh, evil. I like the
0: evil characters okay. who are like
3: evil just for the sake of being evil. Yeah, it's just simple.
0: Uh, They're just the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh. Uh, okay. So this is from Expensive Emoticon 77. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love this question, by the way. I can't wait to hear what you guys say about it. So I have a bad guy that I need to run away but I have a crafty and persistent party that will let my bad guy get away from them. Um, yeah, so uh, it's it's a level two party of five, um, and uh, he's got a troll that he really wants to get away from them. Whether um, or not you tackle the specifics here is up to you, but like uh, I love the idea of ways to get your villain away from the players. How do you do that? I mean, there's two ways. Num- number one, well, there's more than two ways.
2: There's a lot of ways you could do it. <laughs> yeah. But there, here's my two ways. Number one, it's a little deceitful. Ooh, i don't know about this uh when their players do have good roles against in your character your evil guy dies mm-hmm. well if you have a dm screen he doesn't have to die because they don't know his health right so right. he can at that point make his exit with a spell or anything like that it doesn't have to be a spell it could be a magical effect so someone can't counterspell it but it seems in this scenario it seems like they're level two so you wouldn't worry yeah, about right. that um or by the one would just be um i think i kind of already hit on it no yeah, just have them, or my other one is um, Cinematic Moment.
1: Have oh, a Cinematic Moment. I was, oh, Matt took, ah. Matt took mine. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I I, you, I, Mike, we're going to start letting even, you go first. I even <laughs> opened, up my, 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 I opened up my podcast app so I can see what episode. So if you want to learn about Cinematic Moment, folks, that's a Legend Lord episode, too. That was a good episode, too. Yeah, yeah that was fun. Uh, so, Matt, I love both those ideas. Obviously, I was going to oh, pick yeah. Cinematic Moment. I love your 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 first idea as well, but that never works. If Kurt is playing, (laughs) why not? Have you not noticed that Kurt likes to collect heads? oh yeah, downed enemies? well no but like yeah. well i mean yeah but you could
2: just kurt wouldn't be able to get the head i guess he would just get away like
0: <laughs> kurt's listeners
2: going
1: uh yeah damn you all <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean i mean this is so low level and this is a troll so yeah. why, you know why would the troll have you know a ring of teleportation you know yeah, you like, none exactly. of that would happen so you can't he's not a wizard you can't do all those things i think honestly the cinematic moment that moment where you as the DM comes up with a reason right how this control gets uh, this troll gets away, and it could be anything. Maybe it right. could be like if let's say you're in a cave, maybe there's a cavern slide in, yeah. and you get divided from him, that kind of thing. Uh, so I, to me, that 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 would be the easiest way to do it is just mm-hmm. kind of take control of the situation with a cinematic moment. But we also embrace that a lot, and. Yeah. And a lot of other players don't
3: i was thinking use the environment to your advantage Yeah. so yeah. a troll's probably in like a mountain area it depends on the troll it depends on the troll okay, yeah sure but like yeah use the environment to your to your advantage here so like if you're in a swamp maybe it jumps into the swamp and now yeah. it's kind of camouflaged into the swamp maybe it's got some kind of random invisibility ability where you can just kind of blend into the woodlands yeah or yeah. if you're on a mountain it climbs the mountain you can combine that with the cinematic moment and it uses its environment according to where it lives to escape.
0: Yeah, I love that. So I have an answer specific to the troll, and I have an answer that's more broad for, you know, just put it in your region, put it in Mm -hmm. your pipe, and smoke it. Yes, thank you.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say, Mike. Because I was literally (laughs) thinking that the entire
4: time. So, so yeah, if you want this troll
0: to show back up later, uh, expensive emoticon 77, I would say they kill the troll. And then however many levels later, he shows back up pissed (laughs) (laughs) and fully regenerated and maybe even even stronger and bigger with a higher armor class. Like he's now leveled up to where they are and maybe he's got a a pack of troll buddies with him. And so it's like, you killed me and I was just a pinky and then it took me six months to regenerate and now i'm <laughs> back and I, I'm, I'm i missed my daughter's recital because of you <laughs> and you're gonna pay <laughs> we trolls are very serious about our daughter's recitals <laughs> 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 um but i would say from a um, a, a broader strokes place i look mm, i don't yeah. think there's ever a problem with deciding especially if it's a more powerful enemy like what their backup plan like if you have like go come back to the dark lord trope right like most dark lords didn't become dark lords like accidentally like they're usually pretty crafty and pretty you know so they're like if you can already have the well this is how they would get away like kind of have the getaway already planned right um i also um really like what keith amon says in his the monsters know what they're doing book where he's like we have to get out of the video game mentality Mm -hmm. that everything fights to the death. Like yes, in a video game, the AI is programmed to sit there and just fight you till they die. But in real life, if you were in a fight with someone and they, you realize this person gonna kill me. You would run. (laughs) You would just get the F out of Dodge. And so I don't think it's anything wrong with a bad guy. Just literally hauling ass and getting out of the fight. If he feels like he's overwhelmed. So, Oh yeah, Absolutely. Um, Last one for the night, Um, and I think this is a really great question as well. Um, This one comes to us from uh, InkAlt on DM Academy. He says, is it okay to simply rewind and reload in case of a total player kill situation? (laughs) Why or why not? So, like, what's a scenario where you guys would like... Be totally fine with it being a total player kill and just everybody dies, versus you come up with some narrative reason why everybody comes back from a total wipeout. Well, that's kind of one
2: of the tropes, honestly. Is the, I mean, I've done that trope in a campaign before, where like um, all of the characters have died. And then somebody shows up to save the day. Like a more powerful character they've met in the campaign. Some like Grand Wizard teleports in, saves them from the giant monster. Um, I I mean, I did that as a story element, though. It was more of like basically showing them what they're going to have to face later down the line. Um, But for this, I don't really know. I've never been in a situation where I would want to, if if it's a total party kill, like, I don't know. Like, your, your monster's pretty powerful if it's a total party kill. Like, that's... So uh, like, I feel at some point the characters are going to start running. Like right. if you've killed like half of them, unless they're really vengeful, like we did this in Kenan's campaign, we just ran, like we, we couldn't fight. We were like, okay, we got to yeah, get we're getting here. our
0: butts kicked. We Let's left,
2: go. we left Cody's character behind and we were just like, we gotta sorry, go. Cody. Yeah. I'm sorry, Cody, we gotta go. And then we had to turn back around. Cause like these scions showed up to help us. But anyways, yeah.
1: Well, I think the key to the question here too, is that, uh, their first time GM. Mm. Mm. And so, you know, they want to know if they're going to start fresh with new characters, introduce characters that have heard about the first group, or just do the rewind, you know, what do I do kind of thing if I, if I let this happen? One thing, you're the DM. And if you're doing what most DMs do, and they're rolling behind the screen, if you are literally just starting this campaign off, and you get a TPK, you can fudge a little. Yeah. there's nothing wrong with that if you because by that time if if you're going to get a total tpk and yeah. it depends on what systems you're running to but if you're if you're D and D, which i think they are and if they're playing 5e getting a, T, a, a tpk is very hard killing yeah. people period in fifth edition is not like it used to be and in the and in the and in the, the old school stuff i mean you could you, you could you could easily kill like several players in one combat yeah you know uh if
0: you were a wizard up in, in second edition you know, if you were a wizard up until about level 10 yeah you were, you were probably gonna die to a goblin arrow i mean yeah, like it yeah, was it was, bad. It was rough
1: so 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 it's a little hard to do that uh so with that in mind i'm you know i'm just saying that it's okay to fudge it's okay to not kill everybody and, and then readjust you go like oh shit i made that too powerful but at the same time also let's just say your players are doing something kind of stupid <laughs> And you tbk him, I wouldn't that's how it is. Because I've seen that happen too. I've been in parties where we have done dumb things, where we got so ballsy <laughs> about how powerful we thought we are, that we took on stuff that in the back of our heads we're like, Well, we probably shouldn't mess mm-hmm. with that, but you know, we're so powerful and get our butts kicked. And sometimes that happens. You know, it's, it it just depends on your your storytelling style, what you want out of this. Do you wanna to, to have this ongoing more character driven campaign? Or is this more dungeon crawl? Or you know, there's so many different things you can take into to considering how this goes if you get a TPK. I got two ideas.
3: The first one is very tropey, and it's like it was all a dream. (laughs) (laughs) So I like the idea. I think it'd be kind of fun. It was like a premonition that all the players had while they were sleeping, and and you 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 tell you straight out tell the players like you feel like you really did die you feel like this was more than just a dream. And then the players get to do the exact same dungeon or whatever it was that they died from, but now they're prepared.
1: Interesting.
3: Now they can go to like the general store or whatever like that Mm -hmm. and get supplies to fight the thing. Or, you know, maybe they can, uh, strategize ahead of time and they can play the exact same dungeon. They can fight the exact same monster, the exact same Mm -hmm. everything. But now they know where the traps are at, or maybe they have an idea where the traps are. You can mix it up a little bit. Yeah along the way, but I kind of like that idea because then
1: they get rewarded for playing smart. Yeah. And, right. And, and you're basically kind of adapting the, uh, the final twilight movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. I you didn't remember? think about that. Which, which by the way, if, if I'm reading a book that happens, I'm going to be pissed. If I'm seeing a movie and that happens, I'm going to be pissed in this case. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I think it's absolutely brilliant.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. In a movie, in a book, it does feel kind of lazy, yeah. but in a game, like, I don't know, I think that might be kinda of fun. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, I think that's a great idea, dude. It might be like a good like kind of surprise yeah. for the players. Like, Oh, sure, it was all a dream. <laughs> and <laughs> and then they get to you know, they get to like destroy this dungeon because they have an idea of how to beat
1: it right right because they already experienced it they know who to buff first or and then, and, and then you get then as they kind of get through it at some point where they think they know what's going to happen you can change some shit on them. oh yeah yep. yeah yes. right.
3: turns out the 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 boss monster has like a rage mode yeah. that right. they were never able to get to in the original dream because yeah. they just got wrecked yeah so now they wreck the boss monster and then it goes into rage mode they oh, are yeah. like oh shit we didn't see that
0: coming i, I that. i'm i'm like definitely not a fan of just groundhog's day in it, you know? Um, I, I mean, I could see it working, right. Um, especially with a group of new players and a new DM and it's like, okay, well let's just reset yeah. like we said it, but like, I know if I did that to you guys, y'all would actually be mad at me, not happy with me probably. So, <laughs> cause you'd be like, Hey, we, we messed up. We deserve to die, you know? But, oh. um, but with that said, um, if you have a cleric in your group or a warlock, maybe I thought of this idea. What if you were fully resurrected with all life, the bad guy that killed you is like, Oh my God. And like runs. Right. And then the God or, or, or the patron speaks and says, I brought you all back because you have something you have to do for me. And then boom, that's your next thing. Because if you don't do it for me, then I'm going to take back what I just did. And you're all going to fall down dead. So I think you could turn it into, you can move the campaign forward with some creative use of, of, you know, deities or, or patrons yep. or instead of i, he's like, I, have the war, I like the warlock because i'm a little bit
2: more evil i like the warlock idea of being an evil thing that's like now you work for me yeah. all your character all your character lawful paladin you work for me now like everybody right. like, you yeah. all work for me now and if you don't like that just
0: say so now and you'll drop down dead yeah
3: <laughs> sounds like a free multi-class <laughs> 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 well
0: no <laughs> for, all right, well, uh, this, hey this has been a fun it's uh,
1: been a way lot of fun way to, way to jump back into things yeah. after being gone for a while I like it. I like it. Looking forward to more.
0: Hope y'all enjoyed the, uh, the conversation points there. That was a lot of fun for us.
1: Yeah. And hopefully we, uh, you know, uh, we're going to, when we reach out to these people that, uh, give them some answers well yeah
0: that, <laughs> i think they weren't lacking for answers on the road oh yeah okay. you never but, heard. there's uh, always lots of but i think like. we can all agree our answers are better i'm just kidding just kidding we are drunk with our power <laughs> 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 oh yeah thanks everybody
1: yeah thank you everybody and if you uh like what you've heard uh there's plenty more uh, of legend lore to go down and go, go and download and listen to uh and if you want to help us support us with some of our other projects take a look at our website snwproductions.com and you'll see what we're making for your tabletop there all right well until next time take care